0: Welcome to episode 51 of the Amanda Wagner podcast, the place for fiercely ambitious entrepreneurs and leaders who want to get off the sidelines, be known for something that matters and claim their spotlight. In this episode, we talk about wanting more and our end of year reflections and what they look like. We discuss how it feels counterintuitive to get more by taking away and doing less. We share some of the things that we are doing more of, less of, and how we're gonna check in and track that. And we give you two questions that if you haven't done any reflecting at all, or it's not really your jam, we give you two game-changing questions that can help you figure out what you want. So let's get started. I'm Amanda Wagner, a business strategist, coach, and professional speaker. And I'm Liz Pittman, a digital communications specialist. The Amanda Wagner podcast is the place for ambitious leaders and entrepreneurs who are done shopping for shortcuts no longer waiting for an invitation to do what they want and are ready to claim their spotlight on this podcast we talk about the challenges and triumphs of ambition and bravery living thoughtfully and strategically in a noisy world and share our experiences as entrepreneurs with big ambition if you want more your inclination is probably to do more. For example, if you want more exposure and more visibility, you have to market more, be on social media more, and get in front of more people. If you want more money, you have to design more offers, come up with more products, and create a sales engine. If you want to grow your business, you need to take another course, join another mastermind, and add a handful of Zoom calls to your calendar each week. We get caught up in thinking about more. If we want more, we have to do more. We have to be more. We have to use more time, more effort. But sometimes more just means more. And it doesn't really add to what you're working with or working towards. More can sometimes just be noise. Sometimes to have more, you actually need to take away. Around January each year, we're we're big New Year's people. My partner, Robin, and I set specific time aside for reflection on the last year, planning for what we want in the year coming up. And typically it's something that we do at a restaurant with a bunch of napkins. And this year it officially became something that I pulled out a notebook, all my colored pens, and we sat down with calendars and dates and talked through things over dinner and then a few games of gin rummy because we are essentially the golden girls. Some of the most impactful of any reflections or words of the year or big ideas can be drilled down into two questions. Number one, what do you want more of? Number two, what do you want less of? Liz, based just on what I've said, how do these questions fit in with any reflection that you've done? I really like them. As you know, I'm not much of a formal reflection person. I, I do a bit of an ongoing check the pulse conversation with myself probably like while I walk the dog or something Uh, but I think these two questions are really simple but bam get to the root of it all really quickly get to the point which is what I like about them I your face also suggests that you have some questions or comments on gin rummy I just thought that was really funny I I know you and Robin fairly well and I just pictured you at the table playing and it brought Me joy mostly (laughs) it is joyful and i will happily teach you how to play um it is quite fun i would like that the idea of these two questions and again i don't think that these questions are inherently brilliant i didn't toil over them for ages But it really just got down to the guts of, I want more of this and I want less of this. So how do I do that? And if I set the intention, then I can move forward and make a plan with that. One thing that we kept coming back to is that every decision we make has to add to our lives. It has to enhance our lives and complement it, bring more. And I don't just mean more money or more time, I mean more of what we say we want. I think our instinct is to say, I want more money, I want more time, I want more freedom, but we don't always get specific about what that looks like. Some of the things that are on our physical list that has now made it to the fridge, as a couple, we want to do more things with the people that we want. Again, it's not just doing more. It's There's a specific element in here. We want to eat more dinners at the dining room table instead of the couch. We got really specific. Again, love a good couch meal, but it's gotten a little bit easier and a little bit lazy. And we actually really like having conversations at the dining room table. So we decided we want more of it. We also realized that We want to use our freedom and our flexibility in better ways. We both have the luxury of flexible jobs. I built a career saying, I want to have some freedom in my day. I want to be able to make these choices. Robin is a professor. So outside of teaching time, he also has that flexibility. So we have this flexibility, yet for some reason, we, particularly me, aren't great at using it. So when we started to look at what we wanted less of, we have to do less of punching the clock. I can be guilty even if I don't start till 9.30 in the morning, I still get stuck in this, I must work seven to eight hours a day and have a one hour lunch break. Robin reminded me, you don't work at Dairy Queen anymore you can stop punching the clock and insisting on putting in a full shift. So this is one of our things that in order to get more of our lives, we need to do less punching the clock. And after one too many obligations over the holidays, we agreed that we want to do less of things or fewer things that are because of tradition. Because for us and the lives that we lead, tradition doesn't feel like a good enough reason. So an example might be to have Christmas dinner on Christmas day might not be that important to us simply because it's a tradition. Instead, we wanna see the people we wanna see doing an activity or in a place that, that works for us and that actually brings us joy and isn't just based out of obligation. To get more of what I want, I also want less phone time. I spent the entire holiday season with my phone on Do Not Disturb. And while it didn't stop me from looking at it, it definitely reduced the number of times I saw the bright light and felt like I had to look at it. Liz, I know you're a big fan of Do Not Disturb. You were also on it all holidays. I'm going to be honest, I don't think I'm going back. It's a wonderful place to be. I love Do Not Disturb. I've been I've been a big Do Not Disturb user for I would say over a year. I think, and I'm, I miss a lot of group chat conversations. Often there's a group chat that you and I are both in that <laughs> I miss a lot in. Yeah. Uh, but I'll catch up. Uh, you know, I'll scroll through when I need to. Do Not Disturb. I think has has helped me with a lot of separation from my screen. Yeah. And even, I mean, I promise this is not just an ad for the iPhone, rest assured Apple gives us nothing. But do not disturb paired with the reply function means that you really don't miss out on anything. And it is quite funny, Liz, for you only being one hour behind. I know there are some mornings you wake up and be like, why are there 58 messages in here? Yeah, that's, that is the thing about being in the Pacific time zone <laughs> is that I am often trying to catch up already without the added catch up of personal conversations. Yes. It, is, it is quite comical some mornings. We are very funny and we do bring a lot of joy. So these are some of the things that I've said I want more of. My top three, more using the freedom and flexibility that we have, more things with people I want, more dinners at the dining room table, less punching of the clock, fewer obligations, and less tradition for tradition's sake. Liz, I'm turning it to you. What do you want more of? It's really funny. A lot of the more things are pretty similar to yours. I have on my list that I want to use my free time better. Uh, So I have built flexibility into my schedule, but I don't often use that time the way I pictured myself using that time when I built the flexibility into my schedule. So I'd love to be able to, to build that. I want to put my phone down more. I, this is a complicated thing for me. I have a complicated relationship with my phone uh, because I require it for the job that I do. Uh, so, eh, that's a complicated thing, but it's something that I've been working towards for years and I want to keep chipping away at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also want, and this is similar to your punching the clock Dairy Queen mentioned, but I have, I want more reminders that I don't need to start my day at 9am. I can start my day at noon. I get, I'm really good at working a shorter day, but I always, always start it at the beginning of the day. Right. There's the once in a, in a blue moon, once every six months or so, I'll start at noon and think, man, this is great. And then not do it again. Right. For another six months. So more reminders that that works for me would be nice that it doesn't have to be such a luxury. It's not, Oh, I, I can only do this twice a year. Absolutely. You've built this life for a reason. Yes. It would suck if you were to not use it. Yes. Right. Exactly. And I think, and we've talked about this before, having not been an entrepreneur or a freelancer for my entire career, I'm still dealing with those corporate structures. Yes. Right? So there's a lot of that that I need to battle through. I don't need to follow those rules anymore. I can make my own. Right. And I, I'm the same way. Again, this is the Dairy Queen conversation, which, yes, I did work at Dairy Queen. It was the Treat Center connected to the Orange Julius in Southgate Mall in Edmonton, Alberta. It was exclusively a treat center, so I only did cool treats, no hot eats. And fun fact, I am actually allergic to dairy and egg. So for somebody who works at Dairy Queen, I am actually the non-dairy queen. However, Dairy Queen has just come out with a plant-based vegan non-dairy dilly bar, which is fantastic also not sponsored by Dairy Queen. <laughs> I was but, just gonna say it. <laughs> Oh my God. It's so good. So shout out there. And when I went through the Dairy Queen drive-through to pick them up, I did have a conversation with the young man who was there about how I used to work at Dairy Queen. So it clearly still has a place in my life, but I don't want the punching the clock to have a place in my nine to five brain. There is another way to do things, and I think one of the, the ugly parts, Liz, I'm not sure if you experienced this, but Robin also has a lot of flexibility, and so when I see him using it and I'm not using it, my instinct is to be resentful. I'm like, what do you mean you're not starting till 10 o'clock? I have the flip side of that. Yes. My partner, that. my partner doesn't have a lot of flexibility. He works very long days though. So he has a very demanding job and often he's not going into the office right now, but when he's in the office, lots of days, he doesn't get home until six, six thirty, mm-hmm. much later than a typical office job. And that adds unnecessary pressure to me that I feel like I'm not working enough. Yeah. Even though my job is not like his, we don't have the same kind of client base. They're completely different worlds. But I put that pressure on myself because he's still working. Why have I been watching TV for three hours? Totally. And if it's not feeling that like why that pressure, there can also be this like, is he mad at me for not working? Should I feel guilty? Maybe I should just put in a couple more hours, not realizing that we didn't build these careers just to put in more hours, but we actually think about our work as projects and as completing a task instead of must work till 4 p.m. every day. Absolutely. Uh, So I had my mores and then I just have one less of item that really ties to all of them. In order to accomplish these things that I want more of, I need less stuff on my list is kind of how Mm -hmm. i've put it so that means either taking on less so i can improve that flexibility and have that time or sourcing it out to either people Mm -hmm. or to software or programs so finding things that work to schedule out more content or finding people to work with that can take on some of those tasks so i spend less time on my phone spend less time filling those hours with work that I can use to do more fun, free time things instead. Right. Two thoughts here. I'm not good at free time, as you know. And so my default is often like, well, I may as well work. I may as well do this thing, or I may as well sit on my laptop and pretend to work and still feel like shit at the end. I started a list in my phone of things I will do when I have free time. And it's again, not brilliant. I am not good at hobbies. Robin is a musician. The second he has time, he is in the basement recording something or playing something. And for me, I'm kind of like, all right, what am I gonna do? So I have this running list now of take a nap, watch TV, read a book, go to the library. Like these very basic tasks that, I I don't want to get to a place where I'm like, well, I have nothing to do. I may as well just go back to work. No, I do have things to do. And something like taking a nap is actually good for me. That's really smart. That's real. That's a a great idea. I have no excuse anymore to like finish my work day at 2 PM and be like, what am I going to do? I'm going to do one of these five things. It's great. Yeah. It feels really, really good. And I think with the instinct again is to get more we have to add more and i think by subtracting things whether you're using a piece of software a system or process but going if i want more if i want to live like this some things inevitably have to go one of the things that has to go for me is the the overthinking and the ruminating and i set a timeline even liz you were a witness to this I chose new podcast music. I set an actual timer for 45 minutes and said, this is how long I am spending finding this because it can very easily become a four hour task. Not giving it four hours anymore. So with these, these two questions, again, I don't think this concept is brand new. I don't think I'm the first one to talk about it. And frankly, it feels like a brilliant grasp of the obvious. But it takes some thinking. It feels counterintuitive to get more by focusing on less. You have to add to your life by taking away. I think it's these simple concepts that are the most impactful. I shared this idea on Instagram the other day where I said one of the things I learned is that I want to use this freedom and flexibility that I have. And I've I had people comment and message me and saying, yes, I 100 percent feel this. I built this life for a reason. So part one is that note that I keep in my phone of here are the things I can do when I'm not working, when I take a break, when I punch out. The second part is that I'm gathering a list of proof. Here are all the ways that I have used this freedom. For example, on Monday, I watched a movie with Robin in the middle of the day. It was like 1 p.m. I had done a bunch of work. Not that I had to, to earn time off. I don't think we have to earn time off, but I I did what I needed to do. And he had an extra day off and he's gonna watch a movie. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna join you for that. The next day I had a really terrible sleep, didn't have anything on my agenda till noon. So I turned off my alarm and I slept as long as I could sleep. It was a better human for doing that. Because yes, I could have gotten up at eight o'clock and filled those four hours, but to be a better human, to be a better professional, I actually needed that extra time. So I'm starting to keep track of the ways that I am doing this to prove that I can do it more and to prove to myself, like, I can take this time. I can watch a movie in the middle of the day. I can sleep in if I have a bad sleep and the world doesn't end. None of my clients are in crisis. My business is not compromised. Again, I am speaking through my lens of having a service-based business that is. is, I'm not in the medical field. I am not delivering babies. I am not doing heart surgery. So yes, my life is different, but because I've chosen this life, I have to use some of the perks. The trickiest part for me is figuring out how do I make sure that this doesn't just exist in a notebook until next January? Until I pull it up and go, oh shit, yeah, I said I was gonna do more of this and less of this. What does it look like to have these regular check-ins? On the day that that I had written this podcast script, I felt like I was done what I had set out to do. And yet it felt weird that I was done at 3 p.m., and my instinct was to do more and find more to fill up my day simply to say that I worked eight hours, which as I'm sure you're hearing this, you're like, yeah, but that doesn't make any sense. You're right. It doesn't make sense. And I hear productivity expert Ashley Jansen's voice in my head telling me that the, we do our best work if we're working five, maybe six hours a day. And she and I talk about how not all hours are created equal. For me, one hour of coaching and strategizing time is very different than an hour in my inbox. One hour of of working with a, a client or planning a talk is very different than an hour spent tidying my desk and gathering receipts for my bookkeeper. Liz, can you think of any ways that your hours are not all equal? One hour of creating graphics for Instagram is far different than one hour of writing social media strategy. Far different. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. And I think it's different from person to person. So somebody might be listening to this and going, oh, social media strategy is easy for me. I can do that without thinking and while having TV on in the background. And for you, it's like, no, that's where I need my brain to be most on. So I almost wish there was a way, and I'm I'm sure there is, we can make one up to start to think that one hour of coaching time for me or one hour of writing a strategy for you is actually two to three hours of brain power because I know that I have filled my calendar with five strategy calls in one day and I am exhausted and I am miserable and I need serious recovery time. So if I were to think of each of those hours as two to three hours, now I'm looking at, I spent 12 hours, that's far too long. Of course my brain is mush. Liz, can you think of any ways that you are going to track or stay aware of what you want more of and what you want less of. So for me with things like this, again, not a, not a formal reflection or type person, it usually comes out in conversation for me. My self-awareness is a blessing and a curse. Uh, it usually comes out either chatting with my partner or talking to myself. I talk to myself so much. Usually on dog walks or in the shower. I talk to myself in the shower a lot. Well, I uh, about you. Well, yeah. I, fair enough. I haven't been in the shower with you. <laughs> uh, so I tend to check in with myself and see how I'm doing with how I feel. If I start to feel run down or spread thin, that's a signal I'm not getting close to these goals. It's not working. I'm, if you know, I'm not. I'm not accomplishing what I want to accomplish. I'm tied to my task list. Or maybe I started at nine o'clock each day that week. And by Friday, I'm exhausted. And that's the reminder. I set this goal to not clock in at nine o'clock every day. So for me, it's a lot of like these checking the pulse conversations with myself. And again, that self-awareness piece of just recognizing how I feel and what adjustments I can make to get closer to the, to those goals and to the answers to these questions. I like that your adjustment happens so quickly too. You are very intuitive and in tune with, this is what my body's feeling. This is, I I'm feeling tired. I'm feeling annoyed. Oh, this is a signal that I'm not doing that thing that I said I didn't want it, or I'm not doing the thing I said I was going to do, right? That's your check-in. I am not as in tune with my body or with how I feel often until it's too late. I don't know I'm approaching burnout until I've had a meltdown or two. And then I go, hang on a second. Yeah. I've run really hard in the last two weeks. Of course I'm tired. So for somebody like me, who, who isn't the most aware and believe me, I am not trying to sell this way of life. It is not doing me many favors. It it means that this list of more and less is on the fridge. It, It means that it is here. I also started tracking the number of Zoom calls that I do, not as a way to brag, but as a way to go, hey, you know what? I do a lot of this and I'm on Zoom a lot. We're recording this. It's January 6th. I went back to work January 4th and I've had six Zoom calls. That's a lot. So what am I doing to compensate for that time? Because my zoom calls aren't just, Hey, how's it going? It's, it's strategy work. It's coaching work. So for me, it, it means that at different times of the day, when I go to the fridge, I can have this. Am I really taking advantage of this flexibility? Have I said no to some traditional things that maybe hold me back? Have I resisted the urge to punch the clock today? Maybe I took 10 minutes for lunch. Maybe I took an hour and a half. Guess what? My boss at Dairy Queen isn't watching anymore. Maybe she is. I don't know. (laughs) She's probably not. The bottom line is, I think that very fierce, ambitious people who want it all get stuck in the trap of thinking they need to do it all. They need to do more. They need to have more. They need to work more, more hours. And I think that to get what we want, we have to think about what we can take away. That's been my big aha. That's what I'm entering 2022 with. How can I do less? How can I do this more efficiently? And frankly, how can I trust myself? this is the first time that i came back to a new year after a significant break and wasn't scared and that's an interesting feeling because liz you and i have talked about what happens when we take a break and how do we come back from this break right we filmed it or we recorded an entire episode on how do you get yourself back into the swing of things And I'm seeing a lot of memes go around about, I'll go back to work, but I kind of forget what I do. (laughs) And this is the first time that I haven't forgotten what I do because I know it so well. And so for me, I could question that feeling or I could love or hate the phrase, lean into it. You know, actually, I do know what I'm doing. There's no reason to spend energy freaking out. and. Within Robin and my discussion of our reflection, I started with, do you believe in word of the year stuff? Is this a, is this a kind of clever thing that's come up? Is it part of the cultural milieu? Um, What is it that, that this word of the year has become and whether or not we believe in the concept My my plan for this year, my intention for this year is to really trust myself. I trust that I know what I'm doing. I trust that the things I want more of, I will do. And I have to trust that by doing less of the things I don't want, I am going to get more and I'm going to lead a fuller, richer life. With that in mind, if you have not done any reflection, you are not in trouble. If you still want to do some reflection, I encourage you to visit my website at theamandawagner.com. You will find a blog post that is titled A Year End Reflection, and you can download your free five-step reflection guide. I guarantee that the question, what do you want more of, is in there. And if five steps and these pages feels too heavy-handed, two questions. What do you want more of? What do you want less of? and a plan to check in. I think that sometimes goal setting can feel intimidating. It can feel like a really big task. Reflection sounds like you have to pull out a notebook and 50 color pens, and just because that's how I do it doesn't mean it's the right way. You can talk to yourself in the shower. You can take yourself to Dairy Queen. But these two questions have proven to be very powerful and I invite you to do some of your own reflecting in whatever form that looks like so that you can get more of what you want. I would love to know from our listeners, what do you need less of? I think this is the harder of the two questions. Please join us on Instagram and share in order to get more of what you want. What do you need less of? If you enjoyed this episode and want more deep dives into ideas like these, sign up for more of my musings and the AW newsletter at TheAmandaWagner.com. And if you're curious about how to make your social media platforms better, connect with me on Instagram at Liz Pittman. It has been an absolute delight to be back behind the mic. I could not be more excited about this episode. If you are listening, chances are you have seen the beautiful new rebrand that came out into the world in December. I could not be happier to be putting this out and to be back for another year of podcasting with my good friend, LP. Today, we talked about more and less. Next time, we're talking about easy and hard. That episode will be out in two weeks. And until then, we'll see you on the internet. I'm so excited. I just want to add to my more and less list and I'm jacked about easy and hard. I know that's a, like, I'm pumped about easy and hard too. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I, my fear is that we have more and less easy and hard. I'm going to fall into this like episode 53. Has to be a hat. This and this. <laughs> exactly. Also, are we wearing the same shirt? Pretty close. Yeah. I keep looking at you feeling like we're wearing the same top. Mine's green. Oh yeah. That doesn't come across in the camera. Yeah. And I love that you're just like, and you would never wear green. Yeah.